0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis and chapter number one, the book of Genesis in chapter number one, that's the first book of the Bible. So a lot of you should be able to find it. No problems open up towards the beginning, right past the table of contents. Usually there's a page that says Old Testament right before that, just to give you a hint. But good, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. We're in a series that we had started this morning on the vision of our God. And we spent some time in the book of Isaiah speaking about our God and the vision of our God and how amazing and how wonderful this God truly is. And we want to go on by showing a principle that is actually found out throughout the entire Word of God. And it starts from the very first chapter, in the very first book, in the very first verse. And so if you wouldn't mind, take your copy of the Word of God and look with me in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Word of God says this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth just a simple verse and if you're in the habit of marking things in your bible would you mark the first phrase in this passage in the beginning god in the beginning god and with the lord's help i'd like to preach that idea that it all begins with god it all begins with god let's go to the lord together and let's pray Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for you being a wonderful God. and Thank you for the great privilege it is to come to you and to be able to speak with you and to learn more of you. Lord, as I come up to you now, I recognize my old, awful, nasty, horrible flesh wants to attempt to jump in the way. And Lord, I'm asking that you would crucify it, you would put it aside. Lord, that it would just be you tonight. I'm asking that you order my mind, my thoughts, my desires, my ambitions. You put it all under your control and your authority. These good folks here came out to hear you tonight, not me. And I'm asking that you would show up, that you would be present. And that people can grab this principle that can change their entire life as it's changed mine. I'm praying that someone would get a hold of it. And that would just such a simple phrase and almost a phrase that we may take for granted, could be turned to revolutionize every aspect of our lives. And I'm praying that you would do that tonight. Do what only you can do with your power and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It all begins with God. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Someone once said that if you could believe the first four Words in the Word of God, you'd have no problems believing on everything else. In the beginning, God. If you could believe that, you could believe the rest of what the Word of God says. In the beginning, God. In fact... Genesis 1-1 is such a foundational verse for doctrine. It's a building place for so many things. And it refutes so many other doctrines. If you wouldn't mind, maybe I could take like a little detour here and show you that some of the false doctrines that Genesis 1-1 refutes. Genesis 1-1 refutes atheism because the universe was created by God. So atheism can't exist because God created everything. Genesis 1 1 refutes what is called pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that God is in everything and that God is everything. For example, some people believe that God is in the grass and He's in the trees and He's in the sky. Genesis 1 1 refutes that because that's not true. God is actually transcendent. That's a big fancy word that says that God is apart from and independent. Since God made the trees and the plants and everything, that is not God. That's God's creation. God is not in the trees. He's not in the plants. He's not out in the field. We now understand that God is everywhere, but God is not in the piano. God is not in this thing. God is above all those things because he created those things. So pantheism is refuted. So atheism is refuted. Pantheism is refuted. It refutes Polytheism, which is the belief of many gods, because it says for one God created everything. There's not many gods. There's one God. So it refutes polytheism. It refutes materialism. The reason why materialism, matter had a beginning. Matter had a beginning, and so it refutes materialism, which is the worship and belief that what you can see and touch and feel is true. You know, before there was anything to see and touch and feel. There was still God. God created everything. It refutes dualism. Some people believe that there's an eternal battle between good and evil. You take away that thought, you get away all of Hollywood movies and all the belief of the Catholic Church and everything else. That they believe there's an eternal struggle between good and evil. That's not true. Do you know that God created the devil? At the very beginning, there was only one thing, and it was God, and it was good. And everything he created when God's words were very good. Satan came after creation. We'll explain that some other time. But it refutes the idea of dualism. There's no a battle between good and evil. There's God, and then there's everything else. And God wins. Satan can't even hold a candle to God. Even Satan has to obey God. Do you know that God knows what Satan is thinking? I'll prove that here in a bit. But it refutes dualism. Genesis 1-1 refutes dualism. Humanism. Humanism is the belief that man is the ultimate reality. That we are the ultimate, we are, the, we are everything. We know that's not true because God created man. And God is higher than man. It refutes humanism. Ev- um, Genesis 1.1 refutes evolution because it said in the beginning God created. He didn't evolve. He didn't do it by chance. He didn't do it by experiment. God created And there it was. Genesis 1-1 is such an important verse because it refutes so many false doctrines in this first verse of the Bible. Now, it's interesting enough, I'm a scientist, that there are five categories of science mentioned in Genesis 1-1. We know that time is mentioned in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, that's time. Time is mentioned, that's an element of science. Force is mentioned. In the beginning, God. God is the force of all the creation, of all the universe. Without God, there could be nothing that exists. So we have time that is mentioned. We have force that has existed. We have motion. In the beginning, God created. Motion has the idea of action, uh, something that is moving in science, motion. And so God set it Events in motion. In the beginning, God created. We have space. In the beginning, God created heaven. That is space. God created space. And so we have the elements of time, of force, of motion, of space. And then we have a fifth element of science. We have matter. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's matter. God created time. God created uh, motion. He put things in existence. There was nothing, and then there was something to happen. God is the force behind all of the universe. That God created space, He created matter, God created it all. And before anything ever existed, before time existed, before space existed, before matter existed, it all began with God. God was previous, God was everything before here. Now, notice something else before I dive into the message here. That it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It does not say in the beginning God began, but it said in the beginning God created. God does not try to prove his existence and he does not explain where he came from. He just says before everything existed, there was God. And then God created. The first thing we see is an already self existing God creating everything else. Maybe if you wouldn't mind to take the print, uh, go to John chapter 1, and we see in the very first verse and the very first chapter, or very first verse of John in the New Testament, we see this same principle being applied. You want to know what was at the beginning? John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. You want to know who was there at the beginning? God was. Who was there at the beginning? Jesus was. Why? Because Jesus is God. You know, Jesus did not begin at Bethlehem. He did not begin in a manger. He is coexistent, co-eternal, co-ruler with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, when God spoke words in existence, the Bible talks about Colossians, that was Jesus. It was Jesus speaking those. And so at the beginning, we have God. In the beginning, we have the Word. In the beginning, we have Jesus. In the beginning, there was God. That God was there, everything. In fact, turn with me to another pit stop, the book of Revelation. We saw the very beginning. Let's see the last book of the Bible and let's see what it says about this principle Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1, and let's look in verse number 11. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 11. Notice what it says. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The word Alpha is the very first letter of the Greek alphabet, the word omega is the very last word in the Greek alphabet. So basically, he's saying in our vernacular that Jesus is the ABCs. He's A to Z. He's the beginning. He's the end. This is why he says that I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. We see that the very it begins with Christ. By the way, it ends with Christ. Comes to the Wednesday service, we'll have a message. It all ends with God. This message we have, it all begins with God. That it all begins with God. That it was Jesus there at the beginning. God was there. Before anything else was there, it was God. Which brings us to the principle I want to pull. I've given some introduction and I've tried to explain Genesis 1.1 and how important that verse is. But there's a principle that we get here and that it all begins with God, that God is always previous. Now... When we say that it all begins with God, we mean that before anything can go forward, before anything can happen, there was God. Now, some people try to replace starting with God. They, activity is a poor substitute for spirituality. Some people feel like if they do something, then they find their worth in God. You know, our obedience is where we find our worth in God, not activity. It's obedience. For example, let me use this uh, illustration, this phrase. If I said, what is the job of a servant? Does anybody want to try to bravely answer that? What is the only job of a servant? Good. To obey. Very good. The job of a servant is not to serve. It is to obey. It is to obey. If you make the job of the servant to serve, then he finds his worth in service and he feels like he has to do and do and do and do. But that is not where we find our value. It's in obedience to God. For example, there was a couple times in my life where the Lord allowed me to have back pain and I was put in bed rest three two or three different times where the doctors say, you cannot move, you have to stay there. And you know, I was just as much in God's will staring at the ceiling because that is what God has given me to do as when I was healthy and knocking a thousand doors a week. Because my the only job of a servant is to obey. If God says, stand there and wait, then I need to stand here and wait. The only job of a servant is to obey. And so remember, it has to start with God. God, what would you have us to do? If you make activity this part of spirituality, if you make it where that's your big goal, then you'll do and do and do, and sometimes you can miss God's will. You can do and do and do, and you'll look at all the things that need to be done, and you'll go home feeling so frustrated, and you'll lay your head down at night and say, there's so much to do, there's no way I could do that. God doesn't want you to accomplish everything in the world. He just wants you to do what He asked you to do for that day. And you could go to bed every night saying, I've accomplished what God has given me to do for this day. Do you know that God-given priorities never conflict? God-given priorities never conflict. Maybe I could give an example. God has given me to be the pastor of this church. God has also given me to be the husband of my wife. God has also given me to be father of my children. And there's other things that God has given me to do. God-given priorities, never conflict. You know that means sometimes that God wants me to take a day and not go soul winning, but take a day and spend time with my kids? And I'm just as much in God's will spending time with my kids or taking them to an appointment or some other things. God-given priorities never conflict. But we have to get our orders from God. But if we do it with activity, some people feel so guilty for taking some time off. We can't do that because it can't be based off activity. It's based off of our obedience to God, what God has given us to do. Now, that doesn't give us an excuse to do nothing, all right? We just need to do what God has given us to do, and God-given priorities never conflict. Sometimes we make things complicated, but God-given priorities never conflict. It is never a bother if one of my kids have to go to the hospital. It doesn't just ruin everything. God has given that for me to do for that time, to go take care of that, to make sure that it gets done. Now, along with that, it tells us about the Bible. It all begins with God. This Bible is not a book about David. It's not a book about Job. It's not a book about Abraham. This is a book about God. And every book of the Bible tells us something special and unique about God. And the whole purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to us and that it all begins with Him. Now this goes on to even practical life. When someone has a problem with their behavior, the correct response is to take them to the beginning, and their beginning is with God. You could work on someone 's outward behavior but never work on their heart. You need to take them to the Lord, and you need to take yourself out of the equation as much as possible. What does the Lord think about this? Not what do you What, what does your mom think about this? What does the Lord think about this? If you change people's belief, you will change their behavior. But you have to start at the beginning. You have to show them their accountability to the Lord. So the principle here is that God is always previous, that it all begins with God. Now before our need is even recognized, God already knew about it. Before you even realized, have you ever had a flat tire? And you go, oh man, what's going to happen? Do you know before you even had a flat tire, God knew about it? And He already knew how He was going to take care of it? It all begins with God. God knows it all. Before we even realize we have a need, God has already been there and prepared for it. Let me show you this principle in an abstract way in the book of Job. The book of Job in chapter number 2. We're going to preach on the book of Job in the next uh, couple weeks, I'm going to go through the entire book woohoo! in one service. But I'm going to give kind of the summary of it. I'm going to make jo- Job is going to come alive a little bit more. But we see in Job chapter number 2 that Satan has come up to God. And before Satan speaks, God already knows what he's going to ask. Because God is always previous. Even before Satan can do anything, God already knows. It all begins with God. Verse number 3, if you wouldn't mind. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Before Satan can even ask a question, God already knows what he's going to ask and already has a solution. He says, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, and though thou movest me against him to destroy him without a cause? We see so much about Job and how it reflects about God, because it began with God there. Notice this, a perfect and upright man. Why? Because one that feareth God. You know where it started in Job's life? It started with a fear of God. And because of this fear of God, he was a perfect and upright man. Because of this fear of God, he escheweth evil. Because of this, because of his view of God, he retaineth his integrity. You know, your integrity starts with God. If you want to have integrity, let's define terms. Integrity is doing what's right even when no one else is looking. Integrity is doing what's right when you can get away with it. Integrity is just doing what's right. Before you can maintain your integrity, it has to start with God. It all starts with God. You can't can't truly run away from sin unless you have a proper view of God. All of that is affected. If we don't have a fear of God, we don't have a proper view of God. So let me try to wrap this and get some practicality here. Since everything begins with God, it affects everything we do. Because everything begins with God, it affects everything we do. It it affects our prayer life. Because you know who gave us the ability to pray and made it so we could talk with Him? God. You know, without Jesus dying on the cross, we couldn't pray. We would have no access to God. But because He died, He allowed us access. And then when we do pray, do you know that God already has your need met? Before you could even ask for it, it all begins with God. It affects our soul winning life, uh, talking with people. Do you know that before you could talk to someone, God has already been before you working in that person's life. God has already been there working. By the way, God will be working after you leave too. God is always previous. God is always working. God has already got a plan. God has already putting things in order. before It affects our preaching. Before I could preach, God has already had something in mind. And I just need to find out what He has. Before you come in to listen to preaching, you could say, God, you've, this is for me. You've already got it planned out. It all begins with God. Now, this is very practical Uh, when you apply it to every aspect in your life. Maybe I could give an illustration. There may be some people who have the same theology, meaning they all believe the same thing about the Bible, but a different way of applying it, a different philosophy. And there may be some people who are well-meaning, but they start with man, and they start with man's needs. And what happens is that you get more issues-type preaching, how to help you when you're feeling bad, how to help you when you're depressed, how to stop alcohol, what about alcohol, what about tattoos, what about all of this stuff. And what happens, it becomes more issues preaching because it's trying to meet man's need. But if it begins with God and you take people to their need of God, a lot of those things are no longer issues because you start with God. It's a different way of applying things. It's a different way of doing things. Do we start with man's need or do we start with God? And even the idea of the work of do we look and see, wow, look at how many people uh, are in in India. Oh, I guess I need to pack up everything and go to India. Do you know that the biggest place of need is where God wants you at? That's the greatest place of need. Hey, if we were looking at needs... I'd be in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, Phoenix, Arizona has 5.5 million people. 3,000 people move into the Phoenix area every day. It is now the fifth biggest city in America, just past Philadelphia back in the 2000s, maybe in the 90s. It's the fifth biggest city in America. But there are only a handful of churches like this in the entire city. If I was looking for the biggest place of need, I'd be there. But we don't go for the place of need. We go to where God wants us to go. It must begin with God. And I must find out with what God have us to do. We have to start with Him. And it's a different way of looking at things. But let me tell you, this is a freeing doctrine. Because it's less dependent on me and more dependent on Him. It must begin with God. It has to start with Him. Everything must begin with Him. Your prayer life, your family life. Do you know that God has His rightful place? Everything in your family is put into order someone will say well wait a second I love my kids and I want to put my kids first let me tell you you cannot be the parent to your kids you ought to be unless God is in his rightful place ladies you cannot be the wife that your husband requires unless God is in his rightful place husbands you cannot be the husband you ought to be unless God is in his rightful place it must begin with God and when God is in his rightful place Everything else is put in order. This principle has to be something we apply. This principle has to be something that becomes a part of our life, that it has to start with God. It has to start with Him. And so tonight's a little bit more informational, more introducing this idea, but it also comes with a lifestyle change if you allow it to realize it all must begin with him if you learn to to go up to God when you have a little cough it's much easier than waiting until you're in the hospital dying of pneumonia and then say I think I ought to pray you know it you need to start with God before it becomes big you need to go to God before Anything goes up there, go to God, go to God, go to God. Realize that God is already working behind the scenes. We've got to look beyond the circumstances and see the God of the circumstances. We have to go to Him. We have to look at Him first. We don't need to give Him as the backup plan and say, Well, I've tried everything else, I guess I'll pray. But you need to go to Him first. And you have to realize before, while you're trying to get up the courage and bravery to go talk to someone, realize that God has already been working on that person's heart. He's already been preparing them. He's already been working. God is always at work. And before you could even show up, before you could even do anything, God is always previous. Again, more practical, or more, I guess more theology... But it is something that if you grab a hold of, it will revolutionize your life. You've got to start with God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being God and Holy Spirit.